Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every time, every week, we take a different album from a different band and we break it down. We try to get into it as best we can, and we try to have a good time while we're doing it. Uh, this week, we're doing the Smashing Pumpkins record "Siamese Dream," but before we do that, we are going to rank all of their albums and a couple of their EP compilations. So we're going to do that as kind of like a separate episode, and that's what you're listening to right now. Mm. So I hope you all enjoy it. Mm. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there, oh. way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Now, Jeff, let's uh, let's just jump right into this. We have 13 albums slash EP comps to go through, and um, let's go. What do you got for your number 13? Do no downtime. Do do you ever? Reach for your glass of beer, and then, uh-huh. like the tip of your fingers. Let's see your hands. Pull your palms are pointed down, and the tip of your mm-hmm. fingers hit the edge of your glass, and your glass like tips forward. But then you catch it real quick. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. Dude, it just happened to me. <laughs> I was very. I got very scared. Like my heart stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. So your pathetic. Drops. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Especially that's good. We have so many electronics around us. Oh yeah, that, it's on. It's yeah. on my desk. There's everything here, and then like the kids' computers too are up here too. So that's fun. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into this Smashing Pumpkins thing. As as everybody yeah. knows, I am a huge, that's huge with a Y, Smashing Pumpkins fan, and this week has been absolutely miserable for me. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let me just start well, okay. off. Let me just so wait. I will say I do know that you are not a Smashing Pumpkins man, and and now I don't know if you're telling the truth whether or not it's been a miserable week. I guess so. so. What's the truth here? You know the truth. The truth is out there. You know, as as Mulder says, the truth <laughs> that, is out there. That is true. Out too. there. That is true. Too. I, I okay, let's let's start this. So number thirteen, actually oh, number God. twelve, actually number like ten, because some of these are. I don't know. There's comps in here. There's EPs that should have been belonging to a an, an overall, an overarching thematic box set or something. I don't fucking know. This band, ah, oh, dude, this band is so <laughs> much. It's too much sometimes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to to research. So, so my the only thing that I thought was just brutal that I really fucking hated that I. I could not stand that this this was easily below a one, and that's uh, that's are we saying Machina or Machina? Machine. Let's say Machina. 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 Machines of God. That uh, that was that was brutal for me. That was awful. I fucking really? hated this so much. Corgan's vocals completely ruined this for me. I just couldn't get over how damn whiny and Corgany he was on this one. <laughs> hated this album absolutely hated this album i'm surprised i thought you'd really dig it Mm-mm. nope I thought you really dig this one i really the more industrial sound. wow that's shocking man okay that's your number 13 yep. do, do you have a favorite on it or is it i do not bad? i don't even want to talk really? about it anymore yep holy shit okay yeah so we're starting off great we are sorry oh man okay so my number 13 is uh monuments to an elegy this is their record that came out, I think, in 2016 or 2014 or something. And uh, this one was just Corgan pretty much by himself. And then he had Tommy Lee play drums on it. I just think this record is, uh, it's just kind of dull. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's nine songs. And I just don't really care for it, honestly. I really don't. Just straight up boring. If I had to pick a song on here, it would be Run To Me. I never go back to this record. Uh, I would probably rank. I'd rank this one below a two. Ooh. Definitely below a two. Everything like a, else is like a, a one point one or a one point nine. Let's say a one point 
a 1.5. 1.5 out of 3. Okay. All right. Yeah. Out of our three-point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album, you're going to you're gonna go back to. One's a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is hot garbage. Okay. Just in case nobody knew. So, All right. Yeah, Monuments to an Elegy. Just, he had really run his course songwriting-wise. He needed a break. So, there you go. Okay. What do you got for number 12? Number 12 for me is Monuments to an Elegy. <laughs> oh, thank God it's so, I think God it's low. More, I suck at Blue Machine. Dude, for like the same thing. reasons too. This was, everything you hear was like okay to good, but nothing was great. There was a lot of, it, it, the whole album had a good alt sound to it. And it was an mm-hmm. easy listen, but it was just like, this is it? Like, this is what you got? I don't know. It's just very boring, very, very vanilla, very plain old people, very much like, uh, like half-assed Smashing Pumpkins. At least, at least yeah. Machina was, was, you know, full throttle Smashing Pumpkins. I fucking hated it. But almost I as much, I hate, no sense. I hate Monuments because it was like half-assed Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. By ti- yeah, but, very much so. But the opening track, Tiberius, that was cool. It had a, a decent enough tune and, and had a really cool opening lick that I really loved, but that was it. Okay, I'm glad this one was low because I, I, I was really hoping you were you were going to be smart with it. But still, Machina that low, that's insane. Uh, that okay. was garbage. <clears throat> Trash. It's not, dude, it's not. Trash. Okay, my number 12 is Tear Garden by Kaleidoscope. This is the, the double EP. Uh that, well, they put it out as two different EPs, but we just combined it as one because it was supposed to be four EPs, and you know it's a whole story, which I'm not gonna we're not gonna get into that much. Uh, so yeah, I went with this one. It's it's a lot softer. These two EPs are a lot softer than what I was expecting, which isn't a bad thing because I think this is this is a really good output from him from the Pumpkins, and this is a two a two out of three for me. Everything from here on out is a two and above. Just saying that right now, and uh, I think it's solid stuff. I wish it was like more commercially i wish it was more available to to listen to online and um yeah i i think it's good it's it's good my favorite song off these two eps is uh cottonwood symphony that's kind of like the the all acoustic kind of folky sounding song i think it's like the last song on the second ep or second to last song uh I just like it it's it's just really good more acoustic based stuff and he's really good at it so there you go that's my number 12 tear garden by kaleidoscope way too low but okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. But all right. That's all wrong. Right. All right. Number 11. Number 11 is uh, mm-hmm. Pisces Iscariot. Okay. Let me let me preface this with saying that this has been a very long week because <laughs> these albums are very long. And it, it was only yeah. until like their latter albums that the 30-minute mark started to come into play. And... Like even a thirty minute album, that's that's a that's a that's that's a decent album. But in the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins discography, a thirty minute album, that might as well be like five minutes. Because some of this shit sure. is so fucking long. So I was I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty burnt out. And so when when Friend of the Pod Skip advised us to listen to Pisces Iscariot, I was like, Okay, I'll listen to it. I'm down. I'm already fucking neck deep in this shit, so Let's throw it on. And this is just a bunch of demos and rarities and stuff thrown on an album. The songs weren't bad. Like, on their own, they're not yeah. bad songs. But, I don't know, they, they, they just don't play a bigger role with each other. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. bigger picture. There's no con- concept that's trying to get, get across. It was fine. It was okay. Agreed. But Agreed. my favorite song was I Pissant, totally which is kind of funny because that's a <sighs> Siamese dream throwback. It is. Be good beside from that. Okay, so that was Pisces was your number eleven. Uh this next one might might make you kind of mad. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I was reading you wrong earlier this week, but my number eleven is Adore. Uh what the I never fuck? really I've I've never really cared for this record. As ever since I started to get in getting into the pumpkins. This is one that just I've always thought was kind of just okay, kind of boring at times. It doesn't really keep my attention all that much. Um Nothing really stands out too much for me. I don't know if it's because Jimmy's not in the band at this point. This is the one record he didn't do back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I understand that they wanted to do something different from Melancholy, but I just, not, it's not for me. That's what it is. It's not for me. But uh, my favorite song off of this one is The Tale of Dusty and Pistol Pete. 
Uh, it's more of like a subdued electronic feel, which is kind of cool. A lot of acoustic guitar, which is nice uh, because Corgan's good at it. And um, yeah, I'm going to go with the door for my number 11. I just, I, I don't Damn. go to back to this one very often either. Damn, Gina. Not very often. And that's why I haven't bought it on vinyl yet because it's like, it's pretty ready, readily available. But I know if I get it on vinyl, I'll probably spin it once and then never again. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I'd rather listen to like so many other Pumpkins records. Like Melancholy? Like Melancholy, yeah. Okay. All right. Obviously, because it's higher than a door. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're in the top 10 now. So, number 10 for me is Melancholy. Really? That <laughs> low, huh? Yeah. Dang. We're, we're in here for Melancholy. Dude, okay. So, the first half of this album was fine. Like, the songs were definitely long and, and at a lot of points just kind of bled together. The yeah. second half of this album was much better. And and if if this was like split into two different, totally different albums, because it totally could have been because it's like two hours long. I would have rated eight songs. I would have rated the second half way higher than the first half. So interesting. Okay, there's you that. Can still do that. What you're doing now? There was just more variety. And it was more exciting on the second half. But on the first yeah, side, the, the fir- mm-hmm. on the first side, uh, here here is no why in Galapagos. I think those were solid. Mm-hmm. Probably the only ones that I would, if I were ever to go back. Too, I would I would listen to those ones. On the second side, though, I think uh, I uh, we only we only come out at night. Beautiful and Lily, those were like a damn near perfect trio of songs. Like if you hit those songs back to back so to back, good. that is like a perfect ten minutes of music. I thought it was unbelievable, <laughs> but that was like an hour and a half into the album. <laughs> I know it takes so long to get through it. They're all so different. I think it's dude, like sometimes Darcy's vocals can be so annoying, just like Corgan really? can. Really, you think so? So annoying, but I think she has a nice voice. But everything here was so good. No, she can be so fucking irritating. <laughs> just like Cor- Corgan can be so irritating, like in like in Machina, uh, Machines of God, so irritating. I see. I I understand he can be annoying sometimes, but not a melancholy. He's he's pretty damn good. I mean, I'll get more into it when, when when Melancholy comes up in my rankings. Dude, Melancholy was such a disappointment for me because we listened to it when you it's bought so it weird. and I liked it, yeah. but I think it was just because you were so psyched on it and we were drinking and I was like, oh yeah, dude, like, I can, I'm, I like this too because you like it and we're here together, I guess. But listening to it now, yeah. uh, I, well, I mean, you even it, went and uh, bought the box set. <laughs> I, I did not buy the fucking box set. <laughs> I know you fucking did. Did not, Ugh. did not, absolutely did not buy the box. Did I buy the box of Melancholy Sloan? No, did not. He said no. Yes, he shook his head. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. All right. All right. So that was your number 10. Well, it's surprising. But it's oh. interesting because you you were so anti-pumpkins prior to this week. That's crazy that it's so low for you, but it's interesting. Is it really crazy? So my number 10... My number ten is Pisces. Uh, it's it's a it's a comp. That's what it is. It it's the B sides from Siamese Dream and not from Gish. I don't think. I think it's just stuff from Siamese Dream. Maybe some stuff from Melancholy. I don't remember. I don't go back to this one very often either, just because it's kind of disjointed. I'll go back and listen to certain songs, but listening listening to it front to back, it's just kind of it's just it's doesn't really make much sense because the quality and songs are different so it's like you're listening to a deluxe record you're listening yeah. to siamese dream deluxe because like if you go on to to the streaming sites siamese they dream, have the deluxe yeah the deluxe siamese dream yeah it's like all of the songs in the deluxe are pretty much on pisces so that's what you're listening to but it, other than that the songs are good and my favorite one is piss ant that it's song yeah it's so good it should have been on siamese dream it really should have i don't know where i would have fit but should have been on there I mean, there's stuff. We'll get into it later, but there are some things where it seem a little disjointed and a little out of sequence on Siamese Dream. But Pissant could have easily just been like in the middle. Yeah. Because it's not Easy. a long song. It's like two and a half minutes. So it's not bad. It's a good song. So that's my number 10 is Pisces. Uh, what do you got for number nine? Number nine is your new album, Seer? Sire? Seer? Seer? This, uh, when we first started hearing these these songs, I was pretty impressed and excited for it. Hearing it now, but so hearing it now, I was I wasn't as as impressed. But I think that's only because 
I've heard other Pumpkins albums and I was like, holy shit, I was blown away by. And so this one didn't mm-hmm. impress me as much because this is kind of like, Sears kind of the first and last Pumpkin records that I heard in its entirety because we heard so many of the songs coming out when they were released on leaks yeah. or, or whatever it was. I heard almost his entire album. At some point, I was just like, you know, I'm done listening to it because I like it a lot. So it was kind of the first Pumpkins album that I heard in its entirety. And then, you know, in chronological order, it was the last one that I listened to in its entirety. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a weird no, starting it. and ending point. But it was uh, it was fine. There was nothing really wrong with it. It wasn't bad at all, but it wasn't great. It was just it was just good. I had a good time with it. This is this is at least a two. Oh, that's good. I mean, I, I that's great. <laughs> I'm glad. But um, I thought this would be higher. I thought this would be like your two or three. I thought so too. I honestly thought this was going to be top three for me. But what are you gonna do? But adrenaline. I have no idea where your rankings are gonna be, dude. Adrenaline. This song is oh, a fucking yeah. banger, dude. It's danceable. It's fun. It's fast. It's a little bit slow. It's everything. This song is so cool. That is a great song. Toward the end of the record too, and it's spelled cool. Right? Like two N's and yeah, a Y. Like, I don't ends. know. It's cool. It is spelled very differently. It's a great song. Great record, too. Absolutely great record. Mm. So I, I just still can't believe you were you got through all of these, considering some of these are double, some might argue triple albums like Melancholy. Dude, Melancholy was brutal. <laughs> it's so fucking long. And that album, they fucking had 50, I think he wrote 56 or 58 songs for that record and whittled it down to 28 songs. It's insane. Uh, so my number nine is Machina 2. Uh, this one was the one that they they released digitally, uh, only digitally at the time, uh, for free over the internet. And uh, they only pressed 25 records of it. And they gave, only gave it to the band members and some close friends and like three fans. And they told those three fan, fans to rip it and put it on the internet and then just let it spread. And, uh, and that's what they did. And I, it's a cool idea. It was very kind of ahead of its time a lot of people say like tom york and radiohead were the first ones to do that and but it's now like corgan was doing this years before that so mm. well i don't know about years before that but good on him it was years before it mm. wasn't it mm. i i think it was it was years before it mm. but anyway it's a it's a solid it's, it's a solid collection of songs and it sucks that you can't really find a good version of it online they're all kind of like shitty youtube rips uh, but my favorite, my favorite one off this one is Cash Car Star. Uh, it's just a fast and heavy driving song. Jimmy's drumming is fucking top notch on it. Uh, it's a little less of the industrial sound of Machina One, but dude, I, I love I love this the song. It's fantastic, and I love Jimmy as a drummer. He's one of the best. Okay, one of the best. All right, so that's my number nine, Machina Two. Number eight, Zeitgeist. Wow. Okay. This one's higher than I thought for you, but okay. This album, uh, this album is loud. This album is a lot more rock and roll than I expected. It was, uh, it was pretty good. I I had a good time with it. I didn't expect the Smashing Pumpkins to do anything that wasn't like weird in the sense that Smashing Pumpkins like to do a lot of things that are just like weird and unconventional and and kind of normal for Smashing Pumpkins, but I thought Zeitgeist was like their most forward rock album they've ever done. I'd agree with you on that one, yeah. And it was good. Tarantula, that's my favorite song. It's a banger. It was just like good, loud rock and roll, and the constant like soloing throughout the almost the entire mm. song, it's rad. It is fantastic. It is a fucking banger oh, of a song. Fucking good. The album or that song? We'll get to that once I get to that. Oh, fucking spoilers. <laughs> I know. So that was your number eight. Zeitgeist was your number eight. Number eight. Man, Pumpkins fans, true heads, true yeds would hate you. True yeah, true because true heads are fucking little cucks, dude. They're like, oh, Corbin is only good when he's fucking doing A or B. And they, dude, they're fu- they know nothing. They know nothing about like Prague. Anything. <laughs> they're a joke. Nothing about Prague. They're a joke. When, when we just talked about like the least Prague album of theirs, but. Uh, okay, so my number eight is uh, Ocean. Uh, how do you pr- Oceania? However you pronounce that Oceania. Word. Oceania. 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 I guess that that sounds about right. Uh, I think this is a solid record. It's often overlooked uh, by fans because of when it was created. Uh, Jimmy didn't play drums on this. He had left the band after Zeitgeist. Uh, they, this is the first drummer with their drummer Mike Burn. I don't remember his name right now. 
but uh, I, it's solid. This is all supposed to be part of like that tear garden by kaleidoscope thing. But then they decided, Oh, well we're done with the EPs. Let's just make a full length record. And that was this. There's some great moments on this. The drumming is, you could tell it's lacking a little bit because the guy was like 20 or 21 years old. He's super young when he made this record. And he was just, there's some innocence to that, but it, I don't know. It could have been a better record, but it's still really good. The songs are there. The melodies are there. And I think Corrigan's guitar playing is really good on this. He's not super whiny, so that's good for you. Uh, my <laughs> favorite song on here is might be a top five, oh, me, if not top ten, Pumpkins track, and that's Glissandra. I think that's an. I think it's just like a straight up beautiful song. Like that guitar lead he plays, it's just so subtle and so basic, but it it just drives the song. I love that. I love this song so much. I, I love Glissandra. So. That's my number eight for uh, for the Smashing Pumpkins. Oceana. Ocean- Oce- I can never say it. Oceania? Oceania. 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 Oceania? No, there's got to be Oceania. Oceania? Oceania. Now I have no idea. <laughs> See, oh. right? It's confusing. I don't know. All right. What's your number seven? Num- number seven is uh, Shiny and Oh So Bright. Shiny and Oh So Bright, Volume 1, LP, No Past, No Future, No Sun. Cool time. name, bro. <laughs> that seer was supposed to be part two, but at the last second he changed it. Okay, so just real so quick. So what, what do you like? Sloan mm-hmm. Sloan dropped his headphones, and then while he was going down to pick up his headphones, his, <laughs> his head smashed into his glass of like whatever cocktail he had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good! Like some Three Stooges oh. stuff. That was good. <laughs> Yeah, so shiny and oh so bright. That's my number seven. This is mm-hmm. uh, it's it was like I said earlier. It was kind of weird when we get like an album that's thirty minutes long and it seems short, but yeah. that's only because every, all the other albums like literally go on forever. They just don't ever stop. Their melancholy is still going <laughs> and going and going and going. But getting the band back together is is cool, and and I guess they. They seem to to recapture like their original sound without recreating the sound. I think mm-hmm. that's fine. I really have no complaints about a lot of like my seven, six, and five. I don't have anything negative to say. I don't have anything great to say. They're just they're solid. They're good stuffs. They're solid twos. This, this is solid two. Solid twos. Okay. Um, good, but good. but silvery cool. silvery sometimes. I f- dude, I forgot about this song. Like, I thought this song was way older than it was, because it sounds like 1979, it, or it's similar. It has like the same like like vibe to it as 1979. Before we started this, if you would have played me the song and said this is on Melancholy, I would not even have like batted an eye. I I would have completely believed you. It was crazy. <laughs> so crazy. I had no idea this only came out several years ago. So I mean, yep, that's. Yep, yep. That's impressive, to be honest. But I think this is a banger of a song, and I love it. I think it's such a fucking cool song. He play he plays that song acoustically too. I think he played it on Howard Stern acoustic a few years back, and it was really good too. Acoustic, it was really good. So go check that one out if you if you want to if you have a chance. Go do it. Number uh, seven. So that was your lucky number seven. Number seven. By number seven. You'll be happy. It's Machina. It's finally off the list. I think this is a really good record. And this one surprises me every time I listen to it. I kind of forget about it because there's so many other great records. And then when I do come back to it, I'm I'm just like, dude, this song's really good. This song's a banger. This song's a banger. It's definitely more industrial. I don't really see what you mean. Like he's his voice is more obnoxious on it. I don't I don't see it. I think it sounds like shit he was doing on Siamese Dream vocally. So and even melancholy. But it just has that industrial sound to it, so I don't I don't know your hate I don't know why you hate it so much. Maybe it was just like but the, machine is I don't know. Maybe it just didn't it just didn't mesh well with the with the melodies or the the instrumentals to me. I don't know. I hmm. I honestly thought his vocals were super annoying there. I just could not get over it. Maybe because they're higher in the mix. That maybe that's that's what it is. I don't know. It's very I don't know. I don't I don't get it. But uh, yeah, that's my that's mine. And my favorite song on here is Raindrops and Sun Showers. I think that song is just sounds really cool. It has that really awesome bass line that plays throughout it. And it's just kind of, it's a loud song, but it's very like pretty sounding at the same time. It's, it's this weird like push and pull 
on like kind of what they were trying to go for. It, it's a weird song, but it's the standout one for me. Raindrops and Sun Showers off of Machina. So what is your number six? Number six is Tear Garden. I don't know why you ranked this so low. That's this, a good record. Dude, this was this was a banger. This was such a heavy, like dark album. This had some cool psychedelic elements and overall made me feel like calm and relaxed, but nervous. It was very bizarre. It was hmm. weird. It was really cool. And I wish I wish this concept would have would have held together better. You know, like the the Tear Garden and then plus the Oceania, plus the whatever the fuck mm-hmm. monuments. Like I wish that concept <laughs> would have stayed together more cohesively into this 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 epic odyssey of music because two out of the three of those are fucking pretty goddamn good and tear garden is pretty damn good it's good no i'm with you it's really good but there's so much so many better albums there's only five better albums actually um my favorite song here is a song for sun this this had some some kind of house of rising sun progression to it and and the mm-hmm. like the the chordal progressions the music structure sounded a lot like that. I think that may have been like a play on House of Rising Sun being like a song for a song for Sun. So I think that was mm-hmm. that was intentional. But but Corgan comes in very like melancholy. Not the album melancholy, but you know the the emotional <laughs> melancholy. Yeah, and it's it's perfect. The song is great, and it's it's a great setup to the album or whatever the hell this thing is. It's fantastic. Was be. This project, yeah, that's yeah. a good. That, there's a good word. This project, CD project red. It's project. <laughs> Tear Garden All number right. six. So my number six. From here on out. Oh God. Uh, no, I, I'm not gonna say anymore. Uh, my number six is Zeitgeist. I think this is overlooked so much. I don't know why it gets so much hate. So many fans consider this the worst thing that they've ever done. This was so ridiculed and hated at the time. And I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's it's so cool. It sounds so different from everything they've done. And like you said, it's it's very straightforward. And that's kind of what Gish was. Gish was very straightforward too. It just wasn't as loud. It was more muddled in its sound. But Zeitgeist is just like, you can hear everything so crisp and so purely. And Jimmy's drumming on this is the best. As, as a whole, his drumming was the best on this record than anything he's done record wise oh. like as as a whole you know and i just he just fucking kills it and like you were saying the just how loud the guitars can be at times and it's just so crunchy and gross i i love this record so fuck all the haters it's fantastic uh my favorite song my favorite my favorite smashing pumpkin song <laughs> is tarantula really it's their best song like yeah hands down tarantula is their best song oh shit this is the one song like even before I got into the Pumpkins, this was the one song that I all this song and 1979 were the the two Pumpkin songs Ugh. that I, the only two Pumpkin songs I ever listened to, uh. like because I just I did not like Smashing Pumpkins, but those two songs for whatever reason 1979 and Tarantula oh, I just dude, love. 1979 is garbage. Tarantula is not dude, garbage. <laughs> Tarantula is great, and like you were saying, like he they're just like he's just ripping it up on the guitar the whole time. The There's whole like a time. guitar solo playing the whole time. And the way it just like rips back into the solo, it's oh my god! Like it goes, really, it's really that really soft bridge, like dun dun. It's just that he's strumming those clean chords, and then that that heavy gritty tone just comes in and screams back into the song. Oh my god, I love it. There there are a couple Great albums. Song. There's like two or three albums by the Pumpkins that I think are very unpumpkin like, and Zeitgeist is definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely. And I don't. I just like I said, I don't. I don't understand the hate for it. I really don't. Who the fuck hates it? Why would you hate this? So many fans hate it. it. Like if you go into any Pumpkins forum or talk to the fans, like I think even our boy Skip, I think he hates that guys too. He I don't does know why. Not. He's he's too good for that. No way. I don't know. No I think way. he does hate it. Blasphemous. I think he could be a hater of that guys. I think he could be. Say it ain't so. But Skip. he'll he'll let us know. He'll let us know. Uh, so yeah, that's my number my number six. Oh, and and a, a close runner up is the song Stars. That song is really good too. Um, so yeah, that's my number six, Zeitgeist. What do you got for Zeitgeist. number five? Okay, We're in number the top five, five top five, dude. This is this is uh, this is interesting. Two two out of our top fives are still in the running. Obviously, mm-hmm. Siamese Dream is possibly your top two. It's possible. 
I don't know why melancholy is so high, but that's fine. Maybe <laughs> nostalgia, maybe because you spent a bunch of money on the vinyl. I don't know. Um, but my number five is Machina or Machina 2, the friends and enemies of modern music. We are getting into the uh, the at least 2.25s here. So I I, I dug this one. It was This was kind of all over the place. As like an alt-rock album, it was fucking great. There were parts that reminded yeah. me of, of like the heavy side of Nine Inch Nails. And then there were mm-hmm. other parts that were like very 80s synth driven pop. It was weird. It was, it was, it, it didn't make any sense and it wasn't individually, it wasn't cohesive. One of those like, like the sum of its parts are greater than its whole type of thing. And when you listen yeah. to it front to back, it was just, it was just a really cool album. And I, there was a lot of things to, to kind of dive into and a lot of things to, to take in. And I loved it. I thought it was great. But. No, that's not. There's no buts. Oh, <laughs> I guess I guess my favorite my favorite songs are are real love and uh, if there if there is a god. Okay, so my question to you right now is, there right now, Billy Corgan is currently remastering Machina One and Two, and he's just they're finishing up the the main mixes like within the next month. This has been like four years coming. They've been working on this for a very long time. Why? So they're just about done. What? Why is he doing it though? Well, because he's gone back and re- redone all of the records, and he's on Machina right now. He started like, they, they he started doing this I think in tw- two thousand nine to two thousand ten. He'd started obviously with Gish and then Siamese Dream, and then well, so on and so forth. But he had he had issues with Machina because there was like legal issues. So I think a lot of it had to do with Darcy, and her whole issue with the band at the time. So that's why that one's this one's been on the back burner for so many years this remaster of the the record and also because he they they never properly released machina 2 so he's gone back and just redoing everything and he's also redoing a bunch of songs like unreleased songs or b-sides from both of the machinas and he's going to put it on one box set so my question is are you going to buy the box set their worst album machina and then their top five machina 2 no i won't he he also did say that I forgot how many songs. I think he said 52 songs or maybe 54 songs are going to be on the box set. <laughs> and he said it's going to it's going to go over 6 LPs. Oh my. It's going to be a 6 God, LP man. box set. Yeah, he said this is going to tell the cuz this it cuz they're a concept rec- it's a concept record and he said that they're going to it's going to tell the entire story. The whole box set. It's going to be so cool. Are you going to buy it? <laughs> Oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Okay, but you hate both these albums. They're both garbage. I'd so. like let's get fine. the fuck out of here. They're both great. Whatever. So that's your I, number five. Yeah, that's that's my number five. And if there is a god, I think it's a really cool song. It just shows us that he Corgan doesn't need to always be so fucking annoying in his songwriting. He can just play a cool piano tune. Be chill. He's good at it. That's the thing too. <sighs> okay, so my number five is Seer, their new record that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, this one, they, like we talked about earlier, they rele- he released half the album before it came out, and which was cool. I, I think that was a, it's a cool way to release a double album by releasing half of it first. That's why, that way people can kind of digest it a little bit. This was it's a not so album? overwhelming. Yeah, it's 20 songs. How, I, I feel like yeah, this he, he released it. No, they released it as a double album. Seer is a double one. Oh, yeah, so they, they did the first 10 songs and then the other 10, which I think is a really good, like I said, it's a really good way of easing people into a double record by releasing half of it first and let people kind of let it sink in. This album is ahead of its time, the way he released it. I That's guess. what I'm trying to say. But this one also, I was surprised because Shiny, the album Shiny was so rock-based and this is just so more, so much more electronic, more like kind of black audio because I know he's yeah. a big fan of Davey Havoc and black audio because they toured with Smashing Pumpkins a couple years ago. And so I think he he took a lot of inspiration from that group. You could definitely tell. And I, I still think it's a solid record. I, I'm still like kind of shocked at how good it is and how different it is from Shiny. Like the, the guy can do so much. He's so talented. Dude, just I don't care. Just imagine like the pretentiousness of Black Audio or Davey Havoc and Corgan teaming up for a tour. Oh my <laughs> God. This, like there will be zero <laughs> smiles that night at that concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No fun being had. No, Corgan has fun. He has fun. Davey Havoc, on the other hand, I mean that guy is zero fucking fun. I've never <laughs> seen him smile unless it's like him kind of like 
saying how bad his early music is. Otherwise, he never smiles. But yeah, Siri is my number five. My favorite song is Witch. But that one's even tough, too, because there's so many really good songs on this record. So Siri is my number five. Number good stuff. Five. And I have and I have a great color variant on, on, on the vinyls. Is your top... Is your top four just going to be all the all the four vinyls you own by Smashing Pumpkins? It has to be because yeah, I do have all you the have Gish, my, my top I five. Dream, I have the vinyl. Melancholy and Shiny. Oh, Shiny! Yeah, I, I mean my top five I have on vinyl. I have all on vinyl, okay. which is kind of weird. That's so weird. I didn't notice that. Well, okay, it, so what's it, your number four? It, it's only it's only weird is okay, so are they your top only five weird because is. you have them on vinyl, or do no, you have them on no, vinyl because no. of your top five? I have them on vinyl because they're the most readily available. Otherwise, I would probably I would probably have every single one on vinyl, except for a door. I mean, but I gave you my reason for that. You're a otherwise I would have everything. I, oh, I'm so irritated already. <laughs> Number four, Oceania, Oceana, yeah, I don't know. Oceania, Oceania, Oceania. I, I like I like this one a lot. This is a lot more prog in nature. You know, we we talk about prog. Rock is a genre, and then prog rock as a as a mindset. This was yeah. this was prog rock as as a mindset in nature. A lot of the songs were softer and nice. It was a mellow record that was uh, that was easy to listen to. It was like they took the grungy side of some of their early stuff and rearranged it to sound and to be more mellow and adore like. And I really yeah. loved it because obviously, judging by how I have not listed adore yet, I love adore. But uh, Pinwheels was solid. I I think Pinwheels is a fucking oh, that's a good one banger of a song. But the title track, Oceania, that's that's their best. That is their best song on this album. And that's, I mean, just my my introduction to Smashing Pumpkins this week, that is a top three pumpkin song for me. Whoa. Yeah. It that's just, shocking. Dude, it just has this like nice edge to it. It just, it sort of wanders around. It doesn't even know where it's going. It's like an adventure within a song. It's like nine minutes long. It's calming. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 exciting. It's it's weird. It's it it makes me nervous. I don't know, man. It's they are a fucking good. really good band when they want to make you feel something. When they want to just write mm-hmm. like one hit wonder bangers, then they're garbage, like nineteen seventy nine. But when they want oh, to dude, actually make like cool here. music, they are they are they are semi untouchable. They're pretty fucking good. Honestly, I'm I'm happy you're you're enjoying it. At this point, dude, Corgan Corgan has the has the has the Durst thing going on. Like he just he he was the face of the band, and much like Limp Bizkit, people don't like Limp Bizkit because of Fred Durst. I didn't like Smashing Pumpkins because of of Billy Corgan for many many years. <laughs> yeah, but then once you actually listen and realize, hmm, it's really good. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't hey. say a lot of it's really. I would say like six of their albums are are multiple listens. I, I would probably listen to Zeitgeist more if it was on Spotify or if I could yeah. find it on, if I saw Zeitgeist on album or on vinyl, I would, I would buy it if it was like 20 bucks. I really would. The thing is, I would love to have Zeitgeist on vinyl, but it was never pressed. <sighs> there's gotta it's be the bootlegs. Only... Though, would you buy a bootleg? No, there's no, there's like really no bootlegs. See, I would... people, like I said, fans, fans don't like this record because people they're, hate they're, it makes no fucking sense. I know. It no makes no sense. sense. I know. I know. Irritating. I know. I know. So it's so difficult. I mean, if you can find a bootleg, it's very difficult to find one. And yeah, he never pressed it. They never pressed it. And the only other record that wasn't pressed was Machina 2. Everything else has been pressed, except for Machina 2 and Zeitgeist. That's it. Or properly pressed, technically, I should say. That's a hit. But yeah, that's it. Everything else Damn. has been been pressed, yeah. Even Monuments to an Elegy, you can find that for like 40 bucks online. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I'm not gonna get it, but yeah. Anyway, so that was your number four. Yeah, that was right? number yeah, four. Those were four. Okay, this one surprised me. Oh boy. Uh, my my number four is Gish. I love this record. I I don't know why I thought it was gonna be higher, or I expected it to be higher when I did my listen through. But yeah, I know it, it dropped like a couple a couple spots for me. And Gish, though, it's their debut record. It's fucking great. It's mostly guitar driven, and but it has like very soft moments that are kind of that are very psychedelic and the songwriting's there there's some really catchy moments it's it's a great fucking record i love gish i love it and my favorite song is i'm basic for saying this because it was a single but it's i am one 
that song is is great. And the honestly, the first time I ever heard that song, I am one, was the Plus Forty Four cover from like fifteen years ago. <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard that song was from Plus Forty Four. Who would have fucking thought? Damn. But look at that. Yeah, G- Gish is my uh, is my number my my number four. I love this record. I I I almost wanted to do this one as the album of the week, but I'm glad I didn't choose this one. What do you got for number three? Top three, baby. One, two, three. Siamese Dream, number three. Boom. I thought I was hoping it would be your number one or two, but no. I don't know. You uh, surprised it, me all. It was going time. to be my number two until something else hit. So my number three then is Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Uh, this one, it is long, but it's quite the ride, and I, I think it's so. It's just such an exciting record. There's so much going on. He, they experiment so much on this this one. Uh, and then James has his own song on it, which is really cool too, because it's a nice change of pace from Corgan. You know, it's it's such a different sounding song, not even just like vocally, but even musically, it's a very different sounding song. And um, and you know, Jimmy of course absolutely kills it because he's one of the greatest. And I love Melancholy. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm basic. I I'm basic. I don't care. It's that fantastic. is pretty basic, though. It is. It's very basic. But honestly, I don't care. And my favorite song is uh, Fuck You, and Ode to No One. Jimmy's playing is, this is, this is my favorite performance of his, is on this one. Or maybe Tarantula, I don't know. That that song is a banger, though, because I remember when you played that song here, and you were like, oh, wait for mm-hmm. this one, and then you were like, oh, the, the next one's going to be really good, and that's where I really paid attention, and I liked it. And then re-listening to it on Spotify, I also loved it, and I thought it was a banger song. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. And then even like the other single, Zero. I think Zero is a really good, really, really good and catchy song. It's very whiny, but it's so much fun to sing along to. And then, of course, 1979 is truly, truly a classic. But there's so many other fucking amazing songs on this record, on this double record. Should have been triple record, but yeah, so there you go. (laughs) It was like a fucking quadruple record. It was like fucking 14 (laughs) records you got. (laughs) <laughs> whatever no it's four, it's four lps my box set is four lps Ugh. yeah it's a lot but i and i i broke them out this week i listened to all four of them i set up the the individual individual artwork for every lp remember how remember how that was set up <laughs> like every every lp had its own set of artwork remember that yeah ah oh, so cool and I then mean, i and it, then i read along it is a what? very well put together box set like if if you if you were spending that kind of money on a box set I I mean, even if I were to buy that, I wouldn't be upset because just like the packaging, it looks fantastic. It's great. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is money There's well spent. There's so much there. And then if you like the music, I, I mean, that's just, you know, perfection, I guess. It really is. And I read along with all the songs and like what Billy had to say about the songs. And yeah. it's just really cool. Like the whole the whole thing is really cool. Yeah. So there wasn't just like a lyric sheet. There was also like a behind the music, a VH1 behind yeah. the music sheet thing to go along with it so that's cool yeah it comes with two booklets it comes with with the lyric book and then it comes with a separate book talking about each song and like the process of the song recording it the writing process and all that kind of stuff which is really cool like bands don't put that much effort into music into their music and i know not at all i just i think it's so rad it's so rad so there you go that's my number three is melancholy so what is your number two number two is gish it was really good yeah and it's fantastic. This was uh, this was kind of like the catalyst of this whole thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you picked a song off of Gish, and I thought it was really good. And I ended up just listening to the whole album, and I I thought like, holy shit, I don't like the Smashing Pumpkins, I don't like the grunge scene, I don't like the alt rock scene of this era, but this album's pretty fucking good, and I don't I don't know why. I still don't know why I like this so much, and I I honestly can't like quite put my thumb on what makes this better than anything Nirvana did than anything any other grunge band did from this era I don't I don't know why I I don't get it but I I like it I don't know why but I like it <laughs> it's like jazz it's like jazz don't I don't know, know why. why but I like yeah. it but window pain mostly because of that mm-hmm. fast paced ending into that vocal like do what you gonna do part yeah but this I don't know. This this song has this weird like grunge swing to it. That's and, really good, man. And to make like shitty grunge music be 
be like fun and upbeat, that's weird. And mm-hmm. that does shouldn't really make a whole lot of sense, but like they did it and, and Gish is, is proof and Gish is good, man. It's really good. That's I know, it's fan fan fucking tastic. That's why I was debating on whether to do Gish or Siamese Dream. Now I kinda wish that we did Gish because you liked it more, but whatever. Siamese Dream is fantastic too. So that is your number two. Number two, baby. Well, I will just say this because I'll I'll get it out of the way. Uh Siamese Dream is my number one. So I'll leave it at that. But my number two is uh Shiny and Oh So Bright. Fans might hate me for this, but I don't care. I think it's a really solid output <laughs> from the band. Where three fourths of the band returned and they worked with Rick Rubin on this one and I think the songwriting's all really there. It's all there. It's a little short, but that was because it was supposed to be two EPs, but they eventually decided to make it into one album. Like I said before, I was never really into the Smashing Pumpkins until a few years ago, and it was because of this record. Uh, I remember when Solara came out, that song Solara from this record, it was released as the first single, and I heard that, and I was I remember just being absolutely blown away by it. I couldn't believe it was just this was the Smashing Pumpkins. And then they released uh, Silvery Sometimes and then Nights of Malta. And I just love those songs too. And then I, I listened to this record and I just fell in love with it. And that was my, this album was my gateway into this band. I know it's so late in my life to get into this stupid band, but yeah, Shiny and Oh So Bright was my gateway. And that's, I mean, I think that's another reason why it's my number two, because it holds so much like memory and a weird nostalgia to it. And my favorite song is Solara. I love Jimmy's drumming in this. I mean, it's so cool. And he has that little drum solo uh, during the bridge. And when they play the song live, he has a little bit of an extended drum solo. And he, of course, rips it up because he's one of the best. And uh, yeah, Shiny and Oh So Bright is my my second favorite Smashing Pumpkins album. So there you go. So So that leads us with your number one. I guess just like a couple things here. One, when Mm. you heard Silvery, did you think you already heard that song before? Like did that yeah, I thought, did that resonate with you? Like I swear I've heard the song before. Oh, hundred percent. I I thought it sounded so much like nineteen seventy nine. Like how fucking like I hate that aspect, but how good of a band are you where you can release <laughs> a song fucking decades later and make people like some weird Mandela effect, right? And make people think that they've already heard it's so it. So strange. Crazy. I know. And so, it's it's what's even what's even crazier too is that the the hook in 1979 and the hook in Silvery Sometimes are like wildly different, like polar opposites, but they make you feel that same way, which is even more impressive in my book is that you can feel the same way, even though the melodies are wildly different. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Silvery Sometimes is great too. I, every song on Chinese, amazing. I don't care. I don't care what people say. Okay. So what do you got for number one? I know which cover. Number one, I don't know why you rank this so low, dude. Adore, Adore is their best album. This was unbelievable. This was such a heavy, nuanced, like, ode to heartache and pain. Corgan had quite the 1996, like, Jimmy Chamberlain mm-hmm. left, a touring bandmate died, his marriage ended finally, his mom died. Like, this, this made for such a deep mess of an album, and this album is so chaotic and and hauntingly beautiful this reminds me of like kanye's 808s like it's it's that it's that raw and is that like emotionally vulnerable i absolutely love this album i i didn't pick a favorite song because i don't want to Mm -hmm. because i'm damn near close to thinking that this is a perfect three of an album just off of like the three listens i did this week a perfect three. It was unfucking believable. I could not believe that they released this. The same band that did 1979 <laughs> did this. So I'm curious. Did this? Do you do you like 1979 at all? Not at all. I I can like in the stand context of it all. Song. No, not at all. It's <sighs> so weird. I honestly, I think everything about that song is annoying. I I think like instrumentally, I think it's it's weak. I think it's lame. I think it. Uh, I think it's. It's just. It's such a cool it, chord it's, progression. It's them trying to just write like a like a top hit, and it works. They do it and so well, it. but it's stupid. Yeah, 
because they can write top hits that are better and we'll see on Siamese Dream they can write top hits that are fucking Mm. top hit bangers and that will live on forever in 1979 unfortunately just happened to catch on just I wouldn't even just get the fuck out of here dude Adore is so fucking good Adore is Adore is an absolute banger it's good it's a good record but not, you you not only hate one. it for, for just because your boy's not on it. No, that's not the only reason. Because he wasn't on Oceania. Yeah. He wasn't and on You didn't Oceania, like Oceania. 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 Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It, it was, was like my number eight. It 14th album that you liked or some shit. It was my eighth album. album. It was number eight. <laughs> Dude, Adore is a fucking banger. It's good. It's good. I'm I'm just glad you like it. And when you texted me that earlier this week, like you were kind of blown away by that record. I was just so taken aback. Like... I knew you liked Gish a lot, so to hear you say that you liked Adore, I'm I'm just thinking like, dude, what the yeah, that was that was head? like the weird thing because Gish and Adore, they're so in, different in their context and where they're trying to go musically are just totally opposite, and and Adore is very much more like electronic based, whereas Gish is very, is very just heavy, very very grungy, very of that time period yeah. in the '90s. It's, it's that sound. Mm-hmm. But damn, dude, Adore was so good. But Adore was also in the 90s, too. So it's, I don't it know. It was. Fucking weird. It was, what, only like six or seven years after Adore? Something like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. So it's not that big of a time gap. And considering they put out, you know, Siamese Dream and Melancholy. That's the thing. It's like know, the it's 90s. Did they, put out, dude, they put out so much music in the 90s. And I had no idea <laughs> that they put out that many, that many songs in the 90s. And that's not even just the albums. Like, if you look at their B sides too, like if if anybody listening noticed, we didn't rank the aeroplanes flying high because I didn't want to, you know, I don't want Jeff to like be that bored with it because that is, it's a lot. It's all the B sides from Melancholy, so it's like six discs of uh, B sides from that that record. So that we didn't rank that one because it's 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 so much. But as long as you had a good time through most of it. Through most of this week listening, I'm happy. So I guess uh I guess that'll just lead us into the album of the week. So let's um let's finish this and then stay tuned to the main episode or the the final part of the episode where we get into the Smashing Pumpkins album Siamese Dream. So thanks for listening to the rankings and um go listen to the main episode. <laughs>